The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. It has been nearly two weeks since the Alberta government introduced new targeted public health restrictions, but you know that the cases continue to steadily climb. Dr. Hinshaw in her news conference yesterday said it is evident so far that the province hasn't been able to bend the curve of COVID cases back down. Case numbers we saw reported over the weekend and those reported today were from people who were largely exposed between a week to 10 days ago. However, the continued rise in new cases and hospitalizations underscores the seriousness of the situation we now face. I will be blunt, so far we are not bending the curve back down. We are not bending the curve back down. Now, you've heard both the mayors of Edmonton and Calgary. They've gone on record, been very vocal about it over the past couple of days, saying if the province doesn't do something, they will. As long as reported and unreported numbers are continuing to grow because there's still too much contact happening, uh, we are on a collision course with calamity. So the city did hold a special meeting today, has released a list of potential bylaw options brought forward by the acting city manager. They include the closure of in-person dining, casinos, and possibly considering the closure of rec facilities. Uh, They would need to come back uh, for another meeting uh, to vote on that. Having said that, all of this is dependent on what the provincial government announces this afternoon. And I can tell you that a report just came in that just came across my desk and it says that the government is expected to announce a second major shutdown of bars, restaurants, lounges, and casinos. Uh, Food pickup and delivery will be allowed to continue. Uh, Sources also telling uh, the Edmonton Journal this afternoon that uh, fitness centers and personal service businesses like hair and cosmetic salons will be closed as well, but retail, including malls, will apparently remain open, but with further restrictions restrictions on capacity below the current 25% of fire code allowance. So that is just uh, what sources are saying right now, what we could hear in just about two hours' time. Boy, oh boy, Dr. Lorian Hardcastle is a professor in the Faculty of Law and Cummings School of Medicine at the University of Calgary. Dr. Hardcastle, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. All right, so you have been watching this very closely over the past n- uh, nine months. Um, I just uh, I just mentioned some of the the things that we're expecting to hear this afternoon, some of the things that sources are telling us. What are you expecting today? Is this on your radar? I think that the the restrictions that I've, I also have heard uh, from various sources are are um, pretty much what I expected. I think that the retail is is challenging. I think if this was any other month, they may have considered uh, limiting retail more. But I think that the the economic concerns are what has prompted the government to decide not to close retail this round. But I think closing gyms, restaurants, those sorts of things, I think we're all we're all pretty much what most people expected. Mm-hmm. You know, should do you believe that we should have done this a month a month ago, six weeks ago? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that uh, we heard that call from experts. I think that experts were almost 
unified in saying that we needed a hard shutdown weeks ago. And I, I think that would have been would have been much uh, much better to control numbers. Um, and we wouldn't be backing up against the Christmas season either because I think it's very hard to get people to not see their families and not go shopping and not do those things at Christmas. And so we, we really should have done this before. Well, and uh, according to this report, they're saying that the closures will apparently take effect quickly and timing for lifting those measures will depend on success in limiting the spread of COVID-19. We are, what, two weeks out from Christmas. Um, you know, I, I know there's a lot of people who have been calling for this, Dr. Hardcastle. I know that there's another pe- a lot of people out there who are going to thumb their nose at this. How do you get people to buy into this um, during the holiday season when really after nine months, a lot of folks just want to spend time with family. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the tricky part is, is getting people to buy into this. I think that there's been an erosion of trust in, in the government. I think there's been concerns with transparency, concerns with maybe not being upfront about what our public health decisions, what our economic decisions. Um, and, and so I think that that, that that makes compliance hard when, when the, public, the public trust isn't there. And we've also seen Premier Kenny's you know, approval ratings go down over time. And, and I think all of that points to, to a lack of trust. Um, which which is problematic. I think that uh, probably there's going to have to be an increase in enforcement efforts to, to create some deterrence um, because we can, of course, achieve compliance through deter- through trust or we can achieve compliance through fear of being picketed. Well, let's be real. I mean, compliance through trust hasn't worked really all that well, has it, over the past couple of months? I mean, the Premier has said all along he just, you know, everyone needs to obey and everyone needs to get on board and we need everybody to fall into line. And Dr. Hinshaw has said the same thing as well. And, you know, there are a lot of folks out there who are doing it, but we are seeing it again just this past weekend in Calgary and Edmonton. People, and I'll use the term again, thumbing their nose at it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think there's a certain number of people who will go along with with what the government says because um, they, you know, they want to protect themselves. They want to protect their families. They they believe in the science behind these measures. Although I wonder if if that population isn't even starting to to wane and to tire of these restrictions. So hopefully, you know, with public trust, we can we can bring those people back on board. But yeah, the rest of them, I I think enforcement is, is probably going to be needed to to tamp down the people who are uh, thumbing their noses, as you say, at their restrictions. Dr. Lauren Hardcastle joining me this afternoon, again, a professor in the Faculty of Law and Cummings School of Medicine at the University of, of Calgary. Um, if you don't follow her on Twitter, I would urge you to do so. Lots of good stuff there. Uh, Dr. Hardcastle, I, I, I wonder, you know, I, I, I look at this and and... Boy, oh boy, I'm just, I'm kind of scratching my head a a little bit. I mean, if you had told me maybe that we were going to be back here, um, you know, in June when all of this was lifted, I'm not sure I would have agreed because I thought we were doing so well at that point. I'm seeing a real difference and we're seeing, it seems, uh, when it comes to the conversations about where spread is happening. We hear the Premier talking a lot about Calgary and Edmonton. We have heard Dr. Hinshaw talk a little bit more about spread in rural areas right now you know with that rural urban divide how do you how do you think that officials need to be handling that and handling that better I think 
the rural-urban divide is going to become a bit of a false dichotomy as we come to the holidays and people travel from urban areas where there is higher spread into rural areas. And those rural areas don't have the health care resources to have large COVID outbreaks. And, and many of them, of course, don't have masking restrictions and whatnot. So I, I think that divide is maybe a bit of a, a false, provides a false sense of security. Um, and we are seeing increasing number of cases in rural areas. And then there's the other problem is there's also the communities that touch the majors the major mm-hmm. cities and and you know where there was a point in time at which you could you know you had to wear a mask in calgary but you could drive just outside of calgary to the outlet mall and not be masked so so i i think that divide isn't as isn't as clear as we think yeah, I'm curious to know what you think about these, you know, so-called circuit breakers. Some of them talking, you know, 14 days. I've read other, um, you know, experts saying they have to be at least a minimum of 20 days, maybe even 28 days. How do you, with with what you've looked into, um, do they work? Because I can guarantee you right now, if I look at my text line right now, doctor, people are like, look elsewhere. They don't work. It's not going to do it. What do you What do you know about it? What have you, What is your research shown? Yeah. So I think that, um, you know, obviously a lot of us, a lot of this is just proceeding on the basis of, you know, a lot of at the beginning, it was guesswork and looking at other countries and even looking at other countries is difficult because they have very different social climates, political climates, you know, legal climate. And so it is difficult to, to take that evidence and put it into the Canadian context. And so, yeah, you always will have people saying, well, here's why it worked in this place or here's why it didn't work in that place. But I, I think it is very telling that we heard such a large group of physicians calling for it. Um, and, and I think that a lot, of, a lot of the experts, that's what they were calling for. And so to me, that's that's persuasive. Um, when, when that's what the experts are asking for, to me, I, I find that very persuasive and you know the more contacts you can limit the better I thought it was interesting yesterday to hear Dr. Hinshaw say that um, as of right now that, um, you know, the restrictions that we put in place, what, 10 days ago, 12 days ago, just aren't bending the curve. They aren't working and that tougher restrictions would have to go in place. Her team was working on uh, more recommendations, obviously presented to the Cabinet Committee last night where they discussed it and held a meeting this morning as well. But that was kind of the first time I had heard Dr. Hinshaw um, say, you know, this isn't working. We are going to need more did did you catch that comment last yesterday afternoon and what did you think about it I did I thought it was really interesting I think that uh, there's there's maybe been some of the government hiding behind her and having her be the front of their 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 choices which aren't just health choices they're political and economic choices but I thought that that really threw the ball back into their court because she basically said what we're doing isn't working and so then the government either has to do something or has to own not doing something and can't hide behind her yeah and i mean and you've had some tough you've had some tough words for dr hinshaw i mean the article in in mclean's what earlier this month you're saying you know come on get on with it uh, do do something but i i thought it was interesting to hear that and yeah threw the ball right back into into the the government's court you're if for those who haven't read that the mclean's article um the opinion piece uh that that you did can you if if you were to to sum it up and, and your thoughts on how Dr. Hinshaw has handled this, what would they be? 
So the, the gist of the McLean's piece was basically that uh, chief medical officers of health have significant legal yeah. powers um, and that they don't require government approval. And so the piece was, was meant to sort of provoke this idea that, well, maybe, you know, there's a point where the science get so far apart from what the government is doing that uh, she maybe should boldly think of, of issuing a, a public health order. Um, you know, obviously the risk, though, is that is that uh, she doesn't, her job doesn't survive yeah. the public health <laughs> order. And that's the risk. But, you know, there's, there must come a point when your ethics compel you to say or do something because what the government is doing is, is no longer science-based, especially if they're using you as kind of a front for, for you know, selling their policies to the public. Yeah, there's just, uh, and you know what, there's just been a lot of confusing messaging, hasn't there? You know, the you know certainly casinos stay open, but you can't you can't have people, you can't have your family over to to your house. You you know all this kind of back and forth, and a lot of people have pointed that out. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they effectively try to communicate this, because uh, again, I think the communication aspect of of all of this over the past number of months has been lacking, has been lacking. Yeah, I, I agree. And there, that public health order that came out a few weeks ago, there were there was a huge amount of, of a lack of clarity in that, you know, especially mm-hmm. around the people who live alone and what they can do. And I, I said, you know, the, the, the public health order was unclear the night it came out. And Dr. Hinshaw is still addressing in her in her press conferences those restrictions and is still yeah. explaining them. And the Alberta Health Account is still getting questions on Twitter. So in some ways, a harder shutdown may be clearer to comply with. Yeah, this is going to be frustrating for some people if, if this is, in fact, you know, what happens today, especially, you know, you know, I talk about some of the gyms. We know that, uh, well, we've heard that there hasn't been a lot of spread there. I know, you know, through, you know, hairdressers, that sort of thing. My my uh, my hairdresser hasn't had any cases at all. So it's that picking and choosing. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's uh, the devil you know or the devil you don't know and right now they just need to try to find the devil where it's where it's happening dr hardcastle yeah. i'm curious before yeah. i let you go your thoughts on the leadership um from the mayors of edmonton and calgary i mean they have uh, been very vocal over the past number of days saying if the province doesn't step up the cities will and saying it could be difficult because of the way that uh, the laws and then and, and the municipal act and all that works but your your thoughts on how Mayor Iveson and and Mayor Nenshi have have uh, have have taken this on recently. Well, I think that if the, if the province isn't going to act, um, you know, the mayors are stepping in really instead of the province. I think ideally yeah. we want the provinces to be the one acting because then you don't get into those issues with the communities that touch the cities and them having to then pass their own bylaws um, or the issue of people going from urban areas to rural areas for the holidays. I think we really do want the provinces to be the leader here. But if they're not willing to act and cases are high in cities, I think we're starting to see the mayor is basically out of a, a feeling of desperation and having to do something. Um, we see them contemplating public health restrictions, but their powers aren't as, as significant as the provinces, and they can only work within their own borders.
Yeah, it's um, I, yeah. I, I want to see more data modeling. I want to see them start talking about the R value again. I want to start. I, I want to start hearing some more some more details from from the provincial government that I, I think have been sorely lacking, especially over the past I would say you know six to eight weeks. Um, you know that that R value number, the fact that they stopped reporting that. I'm like, what is going on here? They stopped reporting that, but then they start putting the comorbidities of the people who died uh, in the news releases. And I'm like, what is that all about? Yeah, I think that the lack of transparency is a huge, a huge problem. And, you know, some of the one of the reasons that people argue for a circuit breaker approach is so that we can catch up on contact tracing and we can have better, better evidence. And and so that's, you know, and I think we think of, well, the hairdressers maybe only have a few cases or the gyms only have a few cases. But I think that we, we can only really have those targeted public health measures when we actually catch up on the contact tracing. Yeah, well, the contact tracing, that is just uh, still a big mess uh, in this province. Dr. Hardcastle, thank you. (laughs) That's just one way of putting it that I can say on the air anyway. Dr. Hardcastle, (laughs) thank you for joining me this afternoon. I always appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Yeah, take care. Dr. Lorianne Hardcastle joining me this afternoon. She is a professor in the Faculty of Law and uh, the the Cummings School of Medicine at the University of Calgary.